0: It's a you, what's
1: Ed O'Neill, Weird. Mm.
0: How you doing, feller? Um, I'm here. You pooped today? Not yet. Oh, damn. I'm on
1: like four today. That's probably a, a problem.
0: Eh, that's normal for me. That's but, not normal for anyone, but... Whatever. I drink a lot of coffee. Before I get into what I wanted to bring up first, so you're a coffee drinker. I drink coffee. Why is the coffee at home different than the coffee at (laughs) work? Because, like, if I can have, like, four or five cups at work and maybe take one shit or two shits, if I have a half a pot of coffee at home, I'm shitting for, like, the first seven hours of my day. I was going to say, so...
1: I don't know what it is, but, like, Monday through Friday, I drink coffee, you know, 730 to 2, right? Come home, have a cup of coffee, I'm good. Like, no big deal. But Saturday morning, first cup of coffee, as soon as I hit the go button on the curing, I'm like, ah. Yeah. As soon as
0: you get that aroma of the Yeah, like, I haven't
1: even had a sip of coffee yet,
0: and it's like, time to go. So, do you drink the same Type of coffee at home that you do at work? No. So I do. The only difference is we have the bag coffee here that's already grounded. And then at work, I use. Not grounded. Grounded is an electrical term. Rewinded? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I do the K cups at work of the same exact style of coffee. I don't know if the water difference is causing this. I don't know if the filtration system is different. I think it has to do with being comfortable.
1: I'm, I, mean, I honestly don't know. like I have the same it's a conundrum. I don't but I'm comfortable
0: either. pooping at work, not while I'm at my desk, but like I'm comfortable going and pooping at work.
1: Yeah, no. I don't have a very good road game, but yeah, I'm okay at work.
0: Do have, I'm sure you've met people who say that they can't poop anywhere, but at home. Yes. I used to be that guy. You used to be that guy. And then what?
1: Uh, and then I guess I've been working for the same company for 12 years and I just lost it. I don't know. It, uh-huh. it has been recently that I've been able to do that.
0: Like, I worked with a guy at my former employer to where in the middle of a shift, he flat out told the supervisor, dude, I've got to go home. And the supervisor's like, what's wrong? He's like, I, I, I'm i sick. He's like, well, you need to tell me what's wrong so I can write it down. And, like, sweats just beating up on his head. And he's like, I got to go. I'm sick. You got to let me go. He goes, well, I need to know so I can write it down. And he's like, I have to take a fucking shit. And the supervisor's like, go in the bathroom here. He's like, no, I can't. I, I, I can only poop at home. And he's like, well, that's not an excuse unless you have diarrhea. I mean, unless you're going to shit your pants. I don't know if you have diarrhea or not, not that I need to see it and uh the dude just walked out and i mean i can understand but do you think that's a a disciplinary action
1: right there i mean if you want to be a dick about it yeah right
0: but also if i i don't know hr very well but in hr across the world i would assume if somebody says they're sick you as an employer don't get to ask well what's wrong if they say they're sick they're sick you're not a right.
1: that's that's what i was going to say I don't understand and I don't, I wouldn't have given an answer. I would have just said, I'm fucking sick. I'm leaving. That's it. That's all I got. You know, I'm not going to tell you this is why. Like, oh, my throat hurts or, oh, my stomach. None of that's your business. Right. I told you I'm sick. I'm out. And especially if you get sick time. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, what are they going to
0: do? Yeah. That's my time. Right. So I'm with you. Hey, why are you home? I just used four hours of sick time to poop. Yeah um well that kind of leads into one of your favorite shows but i'm not going to talk about that show i'm going to talk about the second half of that it's coffee and cars um right that's your show that's your your go-to show is that what it's called it's, it's called
1: comedians in cars getting coffee
0: same thing same fucking thing you knew what i was talking about
1: uh well. no because around where i live coffee and cars is like uh saturday morning meetup thing where dudes in really cool cars show up and show off their cars that sounded
0: really weird at first until you brought in cars um it's saturday morning bunch of dudes the
1: name of it is coffee and cars you ignorant (laughs) fuck (laughs)
0: um so you're a car fanatic I like looking at cars. I don't know a lot of them. You are that guy who you can almost hear an engine and you can tell me what car it's coming from. Sometimes, yeah. Um, I could show you like the bra strap of a leather interior and you would be like, oh, that's in a 57 Mustang. Like, you're Did that guy. I not
1: Mustang in 57, but I understand. What See? You're, See?
0: That, you're proving <laughs> my point. So you're going to do well on this part. All right? I think
1: a lot of people would know that answer, though, by the way. The Mustang is a pretty iconic car.
0: Okay, well, I couldn't tell you the first year it was made, and I really don't care. Don't say 64 it. 64 and me. a half. Fucker! Anyways, we're adults now. The I The guess. cars that we have been, we've seen now that have been created, do you think any of them now, or the cars from now, in the future, are going to be worth money like your your classics? Like your Well, so it's hard
1: to say, right? Because everybody knows you know, Corvettes are cool, right, Camaros are cool, Mustangs are cool for the most part, you know, but, like, even, even, like, 1970 cars, only certain Mustangs are worth money, or Mm -hmm. only certain Chevelles are worth money, and certain Corvettes are worth money, right, but the reason why, like, you're, like, let's just say, like, okay, today, they make, four-cylinder mustangs okay right they didn't make those back then so maybe that's not an accurate comparison so like back in the day there were straight six mustangs Mm -hmm. if you go to a car show today that will if you see a mustang and it has an inline six it will be the only mustang at that car show that has inline six because it's not cool yeah right everybody puts a v8 in those cars they'll even buy cars that originally were inline six cars and they'll modify it so they can put a v8 in it um and so obviously like that car wouldn't be worth any money but if you watch like barrett jackson or the Meekum car auctions every car that goes across there is you know black interior black exterior leather bucket seats four-speed v8 like big v8 car right, right. like every every plymouth is a hemi Every uh, Mustang that goes across is a Cobra, right? Every Camaro is an SS. Like, that's just how that works. And because those are the high dollar cars. Mm -hmm. But there are like 1955, 56, 57 Chevys are very rare because in the 50s, they were one of the most popular cars. But then cars back then, they weren't collected, right? You would use it. You would drive it, you would wreck it, they would crush it, they would recycle the material, and then they make another car, Mm -hmm. right? And so uh, the reason why those cars are worth money is because they get crushed, right? So, you know, let's say in 1955, they made a million Chevy 55s, right?
0: How many of them got in accidents? Right, there
1: might only be like a 100,000 available. Right, and
0: that's a small number compared to the population. Right? Exactly,
1: and so like, and there, it, honestly, that might be a big number. I don't know, but in today's collector world, like, if you have a Corvette, say you have a a Corvette z 6 right, which yeah. is like a mid-tier Corvette, it's not worth. Like, it's not special unless it's VIN number one, right, or or it's like the very last VIN number they ever made, right, or it's the first convertible that was off the shelf or whatever. Some people, if you go to Cor- Corvette forums, they try to tell you, oh, it's one of 16 that was painted marina blue or whatever. No, <laughs> nobody gives a shit about that, right? That's the dumb thing. It's like, this is the only one that's blue with a tan interior and red seatbelts. Nobody gives a shit. That's dumb. But like the 1967 last Stingray convertible, yep. that car's a million dollar car, yep. right? So the way the collector market is now for new cars is yeah if it's not the very first car off the assembly line with the number one vin stamp it's probably not
0: worth any money so i've come across car and driver uh the website and they have 20 late model cars destined to become classics
1: well so late model cars could be anything that's that's less than 25 years old
0: right because right? so,
1: like anything that is twenty five years old is con- technically considered a classic car.
0: So this was written shit twenty fifteen. So Ooh. this this might even be outdated. Okay, but I'm,
1: I'm, it probably is. But
0: we'll run through the list. And again, these are the models, not the years of the car and stuff like that. And you just tell me yes or no, since you're the car guy. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, we probably should bring in two stroke for this, but all right. First one up is the BMW 1 Series M Coupe. No. Okay. I mean, so, and that, okay, instantly we jump off into the issue of sometimes you go to a car show and you're like, what the fuck kind of car is that? And it's worth a shit ton of money because you've never seen one. Right. And you'll never see another one. So it's like, maybe that's the only one. Like, um, there's a like Netflix There was a Pinto that
0: there was only two made.
1: Right. Like, so there was a, there's a movie that's on Netflix and, uh, man, I can't remember the dude that was the main character, but it was like, uh, Steve Harvey. No, it's, it's, it's an older movie. It's from like the nineties. Stephen Harvey. I mean, yeah. So it's based on, um, an actual car company. The guy tried to take on Chevy Ford and Buick and all that Chevy Ford and Dodge. I mean. He tried to take on the big three and create his own independent car. And those three were like the biggest companies in the world. So they used all kinds of money to like kill him and steal his land and steal his designs. They even forced one of the Dodge CEOs to have to be on his board so that he could get funding. And then when he got funding, they made sure that all the people that supplied like steel and you know, rubber and all that kind of stuff. They charged him twice as much as they would charge like GM or Ford or whatever. And so they tried to put him out of business. Well, the guy ended up making 51 cars. And then each one of those cars now will sell for like $1.3 million, but it's because there's only 50 of them, right? Right. So the BMW One Series M, there might not be very many of them. And then they're, if you've ever seen one, they're really kind of ugly. Yeah. And so not a lot of people like them. They weren't very popular. So those two factors add into the value of a car like that. So it, it ha- I'll say it has potential. I don't okay. like it, but it has potential.
0: Ford F150, SVT Raptor. What year? It doesn't remember these are just the models. Okay. So
1: if it's the original with a V8, yes, okay. Like whatever the first edition is, yes.
0: Mercedes-Benz C sixty three AMG.
1: Yes. I've those are to... highly sought after cars. They're by turbo V eights. Hasn't uh, it been a
0: Bond car too?
1: Uh no, not not a Mercedes. He drives either BMWs or Aston Martin's. That's right. Uh
0: Nissan GTR.
1: Uh yeah, the original. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say a year. Nope. Yeah. So like Every car that's a GTR is worth money. Um, now, obviously, if it was just produced last year, there's a shit ton of them. So right. they're not worth a lot. But most GTRs that are worth a ton of money are right hand drive and they're from Japan and they're slowly being able to be imported in the United States. And because once they turn 25 years old, then all it has to have is like a safety check. So then it can be imported. And that's what's going on right now. Um, So, yes,
0: those cars are very sought after. So this next one, I'm just reading it verbatim, so don't jump on me, all right? A Chevrolet SS slash Pontiac G8 GXP.
1: Okay, so they're the same car, just obviously one's made by Pontiac, one's made by SS. Mm -hmm. I mean, by Chevrolet, it's SS. That's the name of the model. Um, There's also another variant of that car. It's the Holden something, and it's uh, the exact same car, but it's made in Australia. But yeah, that car with the V8 is very rare, very highly sought after. Um so yes, that's a classic car. It's kind of ugly, but the Holden version is pretty awesome. That's what it says on
0: here too with the LS series V8 power available, manual transmission and aesthetics that lend them to be mistaken for lesser for a lesser vehicle.
1: Yeah, they're like the ultimate sleeper. Uh a Honda
0: S2000. Yes. Okay. Uh Porsche Cayman R slash Boxster Spider. No. They made oh. too many of them. Uh I want to say that one was pretty famous in Grand Theft Auto. Like the the body shape of it. No.
1: Yeah, it was I think it was called a stinger in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Uh Kia actually made that car, by the way. Is it pronounced Saab? Yeah, Saab. Saab nine five. I don't I mean so. It'll be a classic in the way old school Vol- uh, Volvos are classic. Yep.
0: So yeah, but that wasn't like the Volvo that you saw like in the early two thousands that kids were wanting from like the early nineties with that weird box look and
1: yeah, that that's gonna be the following they have. It'll okay. be just like that, but it'll be like highbrow people, like people that like Volvos are like middle class white people. <laughs> the people that like Sobs are gonna be like richer. White people, that, and I, they're going to be like old, and they always wear khakis, and they wear a sweater over their shirt, even though it's ninety-five degrees outside.
0: That's the kind of people. I think this one's an automatic Dodge SRT Viper.
1: Yeah, I mean, all of those cars are collectors. Like the the generation ones, some yeah. of them are going for a hundred thousand dollars, depending on what they are. If you get any of those cars that are ACR, mm-hmm. they're like two hundred fifty thousand plus. So yeah, instantly, even, even the one, cause they don't make them anymore. Right. Even the ones like the last ones that rolled off the assembly line, you can get 200 K for them. No problem.
0: Uh, Mazda RX eight.
1: It depends on the year. Okay. Um,
0: early year, probably.
1: Well, yeah. I'd say like the ones from the like eighties and nineties. Yeah. Like the one that, that Toretto drives and, uh, fast and furious. Yes. Mm-hmm. The ones that they just came out with that have like the third door and the extended cab version. No, right. those are they made too many of those.
0: Ford Mustangs uh, Shelby GT three fifty,
1: not the three fifty, no, but the five hundred for sure. Okay, because what they've turned it into is um, like in two thousand one they had Mustang, Mustang GT, Mustang Cobra. So today the Mustang GT three fifty has basically taken the place of the Cobra. And the GT500 is the one that's, like, top
0: top of the line. I hope y'all are writing this shit down and, you know, start looking on <laughs> your uh, car trader magazines. Those are still a thing. Yeah. Um, Pontiac Solis Coupe. Uh, Solstice. There it is. I can't read. If you haven't figured that out by now.
1: Sure. So there was an article in Car and Driver, I believe, and it talked about that was the poor man's Corvette. Um, they have it's a Pontiac Solstice, it's all also a Saturn Sky roadster, and it's uh some of them are V6 powered, but it's rear-wheel drive, convertible, it's their answer to like the Mazda Miata. If you've ever driven a Mazda Miata, nope. shout out to uh to Joe, uh two-stroke Joe. I drove his Miata, holy fuck is it fun. It's a little bitty, little bitty motor, little bitty car, feels like a go-kart. The wheels are at the corners, so the weight's distributed properly. It's a convertible, and it's manual transmission. It is so much fun. Like, you're not going fast, but it's so much fun. And then that's why those cars are on track all the time, because they're so cheap to maintain. There's very little parts to them. So um, I say all that to say this is the GM version, and there are kits where you can – change out the motor mounts and put V8 LS motors in them and make them really fast. Um, will they be a classic? No, but they're very cool cars to, to like toy around with. I think most of them will just get torn up. Okay. So I mean, you know what, if I say that maybe that makes them more rare and maybe like a pristine rare, I mean a pristine original one would be pretty awesome. There you go. But I don't know. It's hard for me to say anything that was made that late would be a classic.
0: Chevrolet Corvette 427 convertible.
1: So, yeah, they only made that for one year. Um, and the 427 is, a, is kind of a big deal. It's, it'll be a collectible just like the Camaro Z28 of the same year would be. It has that same motor in it. Um, the Z28 Camaro is more collectible because um, it's like a straight-on track car. And um, they sold those in like 2015, I believe. And if you can find one, it's 2015. If you can find one, it has less than 10,000 miles, and it's about 70 grand. So I think original MSRP was only like 55. The Corvettes Corvettes are probably a little more valuable just because it's a Corvette. Yep. Um, But the ones that you find are going to be like some old man bought it, and he has more coats of wax on it than he does miles. So... I mean, it'll be worth money, but you'll probably be able to find better cars. Like a Z06 would be good, a Grand Sport would be good. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're like a collector and you're never going to drive it, that's a car you have to have in your collection. So.
0: Subaru WRX STI hatchback. No, that is a beautiful car. I Said no so I ever. really
1: like them. I think they're obnoxiously gross looking.
0: They're they look like a mouse on wheels.
1: It. I mean, yeah, they look like a box, and they have that obnoxious, like, uh, front hood scoop. I love that. It's so gross.
0: Audi TTRS.
1: No, I don't like the, the Audi TTs. I've driven a bunch of them, and they're just... Now, I haven't driven one since, like, 2006, but they were shit cars. I hated those cars. They're probably better now, but I just don't see it. Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat. It probably would have been had they stuck to only making a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that are going to be worth money are going to be like the uh, the Dodge Demon. And then there's another one, um, like a Dodge Superstock or something like that. It's a Dodge Challenger Superstock. That one's going to
0: be worth a lot just because they only made like 20 of them. And it's probably not going to be on this list, but I'm going to throw it at you anyways. The Ford F-150 Harley Davidson Edition.
1: Um, so the ones that came out from like 2001
0: with the orange and black half and half,
1: yes, like that one, I agree. And some of them were black and silver, yeah, yeah, I think those will be. Um, any of these current ones, no, because they made it more like a trim level option. Um, if you want something that's Harley Davidson edition that's going to be rare, it's going to be the GMC Sierra 1500 crew cab that's lifted, that's Harley Davidson edition. Mm They didn't make very many of them and they were selling those things for a hundred thousand dollars at some dealerships.
0: Probably gonna say this one wrong, so just hang tight with me. The Lotus Ellis or Lease. Elise? Yes. Um
1: No, I don't think so. I mean it
0: it has like a nice modern but yet throwback look to it.
1: Yeah. They're they're like they're like a niche I don't know if I'm saying that word right, but it's like niche. a like a certain group of people will like those. Yeah. So they'll be rare. Like you'll probably see one or two in your lifetime, but the one and two that you saw are owned by the only one and two people that you would ever be around that would have one. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. This is like if the station wagon just fucking went elegant, the Cadillac CTS V wagon.
1: I would drive that car until the
0: wheels fell off. It's like a Dodge Magnum.
1: That car is already a collectible. Um, I don't know what they went for, original MSRP, but the the uh, four-door sedan version, mm-hmm. if you find one with 100,000 miles, it's probably like 25 or 30 grand. If you find the Cadillac CTS wagon from the same years, same body style, but it's got 100,000 miles on it, it's probably worth 50 grand. Right, so I think it's already a classic.
0: This one, you you'll probably tell me why it's on there, but I don't know why it's on this list. But the Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution.
1: So yeah, the Mitsubishi Lancer is um, it's a four door. It looks like a four door commuter car, mm-hmm. but they're hellacious. They're all wheel drive. They're like the ultimate tuner car. Like if if you wanted to go out and be like, hey, I want. One of the coolest cars from uh Fast and the Furious movies, that would be the style of car that you would go after. Yep. Um now why they're on the list, I don't know. I I don't like them personally, but they're very capable cars. Um if you take them on the track, it'll keep up with like high performance cars just because of how balanced it is and the all wheel drive. So it's a great car. I just I wouldn't own one.
0: Everybody who's listening, uh, again, I hope you went ahead and took Zach's stock options on cars for the future. If you catch them on Craigslist, snatch them up and uh, hold on to them, right?
1: Yeah, and hey, if you're an asshole that has a 2020 Camaro SS1LE, sell that motherfucker at appropriate price. Stop trying to get $10,000 above MSRP. You're pissing me (laughs) off. Jeez. So, speaking of pissing people off... I uh I pulled a little practical jokey joke. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it, but there is a TikTok video going around, and it's women, and they're asking, because I guess when women go pee, they use toilet paper, clean themselves up. I don't do that. Do you do that? No. Okay. So, there's no wiping. Only my butt. Right, yeah. I mean, if I sit down, it's different, but... At a urinal, there's not a roll of toilet paper. There's no dispensing there to, you know, dabble around or whatever. I just use
0: the hand dryer.
1: For your dick? Yeah. I wondered why they took those out of most bathrooms. But anyway, sorry. There's a there's a video where it shows this like dodo bird. They're like, What do men do if they don't use toilet paper? And the guy goes And it switches to this dodo bird and you see its head and it's just doing like this, (laughs) right? And she goes, is that true? And I was like, is what true? She showed me the video. And I was like, yeah. She goes, wait, you sit there and you shake it. And I was like, no, like I, I can just move it. She's like, you mean you can move it without your hands? I was like, yeah, just whip it around. She goes, what do you do with somebody standing next to you? I'm like, no, 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 you control it where it just goes into the urinal. She's like, I got to see this. And I was like, all right, come on. I got to take a piss. <laughs> so here we go in the bathroom. I take a piss and it's, I swear to God, it's like, as soon as I was done, here comes her head like around my hip. She's like, <laughs> she's like all right, do it. And I was like, I, I, so I tried to like wiggle it. I couldn't, I couldn't make it do it. So I was like, no, I was fucking kidding. We don't actually do that. That's great. But uh so it reminds me of this other thing that happened last weekend we took the kids to the zoo and uh by the way a little caveat if you haven't been there when the elephant males have to take a piss they can control their dick yeah i didn't know Like, and not like oh yeah i can hold it down or i can move it to the side like it has a mind of its own and it r- works like their trunk and this dude was pissing for like a good twenty, thirty seconds and it looked like a fucking fire hose is going off. It was like a video anyway, of the Gallagher concert. It was worse than that. It was horrible. Jesus.
0: They didn't even need uh, out ponchos.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was like the splash zone while we walked by. But uh <laughs> while we this is how quickly my mind works. We were in the bathroom after that. My son had to piss. So I went in there and I was going to the bathroom. Well he left. He wouldn't stay in the bathroom because there was a bee flying around the bathroom and i was thinking to myself i was like bees don't fuck with you unless you're like scared of them or you fuck with them first right so i paid him no attention and i went and took a piss but i was thinking i wonder like how would you explain i got stung in the dick by a bee right like that would be a hard conversation i guess i don't really know like Hey, we need to go to the ER. Why? What happened? I got stung in the dick by a bee. How the fuck did that happen? I was and, trying to fuck a bee. Well, right. Yes. Yeah, like, I mean,
0: come on. Obviously.
1: But then I was thinking, what if like you just didn't say anything, you got stung in the dick, and your dick like swelled up, right? That would hurt. And then later that night, you and the wife are doing the deed, right? And you're like, hey, I got an idea. So you blindfold her, right? and then you like sneak in the room because you know your dick's going to feel a little different because you got like a couple extra bumps or extra girth (laughs) or whatever right so you blindfold her you start doing the little foreplay and then you try to ram it home and she's like oh my god gerald i didn't realize
0: you were here
1: and you're like wait who the fuck is gerald
0: (laughs) easy there stevie wonder jesus
1: Like, would that be weird? Like, and then you'd find out, oh, well, apparently my wife makes somebody has got a bigger dick than me. That's weird. (laughs) But I was just thinking, like, that's, that was, literally, that's the thought process as I was taking a piss.
0: Is that weird? I mean, to have that, all that within the matter of seconds of you taking a piss. Right. I'm impressed. Because, and then on
1: top of that, magically, I found out that it takes a mammal, the average mammal, 22 minutes, or I mean, 22 seconds to drain their bladder.
0: I was about to say twenty-two minutes. Yeah, um,
1: I didn't say, what are we doing with our uh, lives for Undercutting
0: years? that big time. Jeez.
1: But yeah, and then uh, another thing that I learned is being a dad at the zoo. I don't know if you do this, but like, do your kids ask you to open things? Yeah. All the time, right? They're like, every hey, you open
0: day. Open it.
1: Every time I open whatever it is, I take a dad tax. Do you do that? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, like, I don't care beauty. if
1: it's a Coke, if it's a freaking milkshake or it's french fries or it's doritos i'm taking a couple
0: gotta make sure it's safe for them to eat
1: i mean yeah that's what i tell them but then now they're old enough to realize i'm just stealing their shit so i just call tell them what it is it's a dad tax i actually did
0: that and ate an entire bag of my son's chips right in front of them i was like oh i'm sorry (laughs) you wanted this
1: yeah okay so i'm not an asshole but um i have perfected the ending of that so let's say you get a bag of chips,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And you're sharing with one of your kids.
0: Okay. I don't do that, but okay.
1: Okay. Well, So the other day when we were at the zoo, I had those cracker packets, you know, that has like six sandwich crackers.
0: What are you, 70?
1: Well, I mean, we brought snacks. I mean, you don't. Never mind. You don't I know the
0: cereal that's on your fridge, so this shouldn't surprise me.
1: Rice checks, bitch. Oh my so God. what happened was, me and my daughter were sharing the sandwich crackers, right? They had peanut butter in them, whatever. And I had already eaten two and then she wanted one. So I gave her one from the middle. Well, then what I did was I ate two more. So there was only one left in the package. So then when she came back and wanted another one, I handed her the whole thing, cracker and package. So then when she ate the cracker, she had to go throw away the trash. It's genius. I have perfected the dad tax. Yeah, that I'm, is how. Like, that's why we had kids so that we don't have to fucking do anything.
0: Yeah, this is true. It's
1: I don't know smart. why I never thought of that before. I did that
0: this weekend. Hey, it it takes some time to to get there, but you got there. I
1: was gonna say I've been a dad for thirteen years. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> no one told me, that. and my dad sure as hell didn't tell me that. It's not like he because he doesn't know it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think he doesn't know. You you can't you can't give him that information. Well, no, no.
0: It's it's coveted. I'm sharing it with you and the, right. the people's. Yeah. So use it wisely, dads, and don't tell anybody.
1: Right, yeah. And don't draw attention to it, you ignorant motherfuckers. Dick. Oh. <sighs> but yeah, that was our trip to the zoo. It was uh I like going to the zoo. You go to the zoo? We used to until COVID hit. Yeah, and you'll still see those weird people walking around with masks out there. Right, you're outside, bro. You'll be okay. It reminds me of that scene in uh, in old school when he gets in the taxi and he was like, uh, "Something's wrong with his seatbelts. I can't buckle up." And the guy's like, "You're in the back seat. Stop being such a pussy." <laughs> oh, I Man, still we get like that when
0: I see mask people. Like,
1: oh, you people still exist? I thought you all got COVID.
0: Alone in their car with a mask on. Hey, (laughs) but live your best life. No judgment. Yeah, like I
1: don't give a shit. Like if you want to wear a mask, that's fine. But if you're in your car alone, what are you doing? Yeah, that's so dumb. (laughs) So dumb. Well, we got some sports to get to. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of craziness that happened. A little bit, a little bit. Got Uh, some some uh, NFL game that got canceled, and Skip Bayless
0: tried to cancel himself. And then uh, fantasy football just. Is in a frenzy right now. Yeah. And I'm sure it's
1: worldwide. Vegas, Vegas Parlays had no idea what to do. Oh my
0: and god. And then
1: one guy got hurt really bad, and now he's okay. And now there's another guy that's hurt really bad. And hopefully he comes out on the other side. Like, what the fuck? And then Carlos Correa is back in the news. Jesus, here we go again. Uh, and yeah, and then the same guy that broke the story. That Aaron Judge was going to the Giants broke the story. That Yuli Gurriel signed with the Red Sox. Like, there's a whole bunch of shit going on. Well, you ready to start this motherfucker?
0: Say we get to it.
1: Woo!
0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Two Want to Be Athletes Talk Sports. I'm Ed. I'm Zach, and here we are again, assholes, for another super duper train wreck. Boop, boop. As always, this episode is brought to you by RRSportsBetting.com. Text the number 1-702-608-1857. Use the code WANNABE, W-A-N-N-A-B-E, and get a free $100 in gameplay. Folks, they have everything under the sun that you want to bet on. College basketball is going hot right now. College national championship football games coming up. We still got another week of NFL plus playoffs going on. Hockey is going on. Uh, Colombian drug lord uh, soccer is going on like everything's out there if that's not your taste but you're a casino fiend and you don't want to drive all the way to the casino well guess what they got casino games on there check them out use our code get a free hundred dollars to play with their money and if you win anything off of it you get it. they don't take anything away from you no deposits needed text the guys check them out on their Facebook page Text us, message us. We'll tell you honest truth of everything that we've dealt with them. Zach, you've been a part of them for, what, five, six, seven years now? Uh, Yeah, I've been – I don't know.
1: Maybe it's, it's been – a- It's been a
0: long time. I will say I've been with them for three or four years now, and I have not had a negative experience with them. Every time I message them via text or Facebook Messenger, they're quick to react no matter what hour it is. Mm -hmm. They always have somebody available to answer your questions. If you have a problem with a line or you thought you did something or whatever problem comes up, message them. Great customer service. Always pay up. Check them out. rrsportsbetting.com um before we went into our intro uh you mentioned one of the things and i've said this is our deshaun watson of 2022 2023 now carlos correa is in the news again he may not be a met uh reports are coming out that the two uh parties are can't come up with a solution on the contract uh the mets are trying to put in a new clause on it uh based off the his former injury when he was a minor league player In the event that this happens, that they're able to get this type of language into the contract, it will make it to where if Carlos Correa has an injury related to what they're worried about, they could take away guaranteed money and it could jeopardize future money with him in the contracts. Um, With all the headaches that he's brought on within the past couple of weeks, starting with the Giants and now here we are with the Mets, if you're the Mets owner, do you just cut your loss and, you know, deal with the consequences? Because there is a a possible grievance coming up behind it uh, that could get the Mets into trouble, but for being so public about him signing with the team before anything – before the ink was even on the paper. I mean, so,
1: well, yeah, what I'm reading now is that uh, the Twins are back trying to get Carlos Correa to return. Um, I mean (sighs) – I'm not shocked. that there. I mean, I'm shocked that there's this much drama about an injury from, you know, what, almost 10 years ago now. But I understand the hoopla. I mean, he's a top-notch shortstop, right? Like, there's probably, what, five, six guys that are better than him? Yep. So, I mean, there's that. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's worth this much hassle. I feel like. Shortstop has never really... Okay, besides Jeremy Pena, right? Mm -hmm. Because he just was on the Astros and they just won the World Series and he was World Series MVP. Who's the last shortstop that was World Series MVP? Jeter? I don't even think he was a World Series MVP, was he? I mean, that's the only one that would come to mind. I I mean, that's a good guess. Like, I just don't know...
0: Right. I, i i think don't, the, I, I, it's weird I, I think the the biggest problem with it is the amount of money that they're going to be putting up for him because that jeopardizes them in the future right um, their year
1: one in 2000
0: i apologize okay so that was the last short stop
1: no so apparently Corey seager did it but Oh, because that – okay, so that's the asterisk year. That was the 2020 season. Nobody really watched that one except for Dodger fans, and there's not, like, what eight of them. So Ed, Edgar
0: Renteria won it in 2010 with the Giants.
1: Yeah, I remember Edgar Renteria, but I remember him as a St. Louis Cardinal. I don't remember him as a Giant. David Eckstein won it with the Cardinals. Yeah. That Junior. guy was scrappy. So, okay, so there have been a couple, but, I mean – okay, is – Corey Seager, a Hall of Famer? Probably too early to tell. Right. Um, Edgar Renteria, is he a Hall of Famer? Borderline. David Eckstein, he is not a Hall of Famer. Uh, Derek Jeter, obviously, is in the Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter won it in 2000, but before that, Alan Trammell in 1984. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. Mm. Um, Bucky Dent, I think he is a Hall of Famer. But, I mean... My point is, is that I think can you win the World Series with a guy who just plays super great defense at shortstop?
0: Defense 100%. wins the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you need, but it's like the it's like Travis Kelsey syndrome, right? How many tight ends in the NFL are actually worth having on your fantasy team? Five, maybe five. Right, and then but those five are so much better than the other 32, right? Right. I mean, obviously not 32, but 27. You, you know what I mean? I'm just saying that.
0: The rest that are available to play.
1: Right. Like those five guys, the only guys that are going to score over 100 points, the rest of them might score 80, right? And it doesn't sound like a lot over a season, but when you're winning games by five or six points, getting the three extra points there at that position makes a difference. So I understand if you get Carlos Correa, right, you're, you have one of those guys but if like I guess the deal is is that he wants a 10-year contract right he wants a long-term deal right I think what the Astros and other teams that play like the the odds are they're wanting to offer him five or six years mm-hmm. you know at 30 million dollars a season and he's like no I don't I don't want that and I mean like I guess I can understand both sides but I just I don't know. If
0: I'm the Twins, what what benefit is it for me to have Carlos Correa? Well, here's my thing. And now, granted, I've never worked in an MLB office or with any specific team.
1: I'd love to. I would love I, to do any I of it. W-
0: I would too. But a couple of episodes ago, we brought up the changes that are coming to the league this upcoming season. With those changes, and I'm specifically speaking of like the the pitchers and how many times they can pick somebody off, the bases being bigger, stuff like that. Do those small things come into a factor on big time players like Carlos Correa? Because like bases are bigger, his chances of stealing are a lot higher. Are they going to risk him on the steal and him sliding in uh feet first and possibly hurting said ankle on these bigger bases? And again, I'm I could be far stretching this out for like a worried rat or whatever you want to call it but like some of this has to come into factor right like
1: i mean obviously right like that's that's some stuff to consider but um so just curious how many stolen bases do you think carlos correa don't look it up but how I'm many not. stolen bases did carlos correa have last year
0: um
1: 18 zero wow how many stolen bases did he have in 2021 um six zero how many stolen bases did he have in 2020 so shortened season negative three yeah zero so his last stolen base was in 2019 and so, he stole okay. one
0: one okay. base. See, that's why I have you. You look up stuff to shut my argument down. No, no, no. I'm just saying that, like, no, so that, I don't think
1: that that's something that would affect you. Okay. But the shift, taking that away, yes, I think I that's forgot about that. more of what we would look at. Um, I mean, and it's possible, right? Like, they're saying well, if you pick off three times, it's a ball to the batter immediately. It's a ball Oh a balk. So then the run okay so then I mean that could be like an RBI situation. Correct. He's more of an RBI guy. I mean they have been on the decline but he I mean or, he played 136 games the, last year.
0: Is it a balk or the the runner on base gets to move advance a base?
1: Yeah, a balk that's what that is. A balk is right. where the runner gets to advance.
0: Yeah, same thing. Okay. Um I don't know. I the talent is there. I don't know if the headache is worth it though. Like,
1: right. That's what I'm saying. I think the, uh, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Is, now, is it, it, if it.
0: if you're the owner and the GEO and the manager, and you think like, this is the missing piece to us getting a world series for multiple years, then, you know, keep fighting and just do what you can to try to get him on there. Right. But remember with the salaries that you already have on there with signing Justin Verlander and you already have Max Scherzer and, uh Lindor and you got Pete Alonzo probably coming up on a contract um now having Carlos Correa on there I know I'm missing pieces too but like you're you're tapped right like unless you're selling out every single home game which probably isn't going to happen like not in Minnesota no no I'm in in with the Mets oh well I mean it's New York it's possible. The Yankees are
1: the draw, obviously, like, crowd-wise. But, I mean, right. it's possible, yeah.
0: But, I mean, is are you going to get your return on Carlos Correa? Or is this going to be somebody five years down the road, you trade and you have somebody try to get another team to absorb the rest of his contract? Well, which is, and,
1: I mean, that depends on what he does. Because right. if you get 2017 Carlos Correa, which that has its own – yeah. That's his highest career batting average. And I don't, like, I hate shining light on any of that year because of obvious reasons. But 2018, played 110 games, and he, he batted 239. The next season, he played 109 games, and he hit three fifteen. But since 315, he had last year he hit 291. That's the best he's done. His career oh. average is 279. So, a career 279 hitter who averages, uh, it says 162 game average for him is 101 RBIs, which I don't, he's never played 162 games. I'll just say that. Right. But, he his, his average season, if he played all games, is 28 home runs, 101 RBIs, and a 279 batting average. That's somebody I would pay money for. But he's never hit 28 home runs in a season. He's never had 100 RBIs in a season. So I don't think he's worth Though I think there's a reason why the Astros moved on from him. And it's because he was asking too much. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why he signed a one-year deal in Minnesota for $35 million. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't a one-year deal. I understand it's not one year, but he could opt out after every season. So, clearly, it was a LeBron James deal where he could just opt out. That's what that was.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, He's finished fifth in MVP voting once. He's never been in the top five before. So, he's not... Francisco Lindor. Right? He's not that guy. So yeah, it's not it's not worth all this. But but he is the he could be a difference maker. Right? If you have I know I feel like I'm speaking in circles, but if he has the right support in the lineup to protect him and he's getting pitches to hit, that's one thing. But if he's like the sole guy, he's not going to carry your team. No. I'm, and he's, I think he's trying to get paid
0: like a guy who's going to carry his team. I'm trying to look real quick to see if they have the split between him and NL teams. What do you mean? As far as whenever he faced off against NL teams, if he did better than he did against AL teams. Why
1: um, Why would that matter?
0: Well, he's going to the NL. He's been in the AL for – Oh, okay,
1: because oh, you keep saying he's going to the Mets, and I don't think he's going to the Mets. I understand. Well, now I'm. I'm with you now. As I'm saying right on. Now. I'm on the Twins thing, right? As in in right the now. Mets lineup, in the Mets lineup, he's more valuable because oh, the Mets have bats that can protect him, right? He's gonna. Well, he's not necessarily more valuable, but he could. They could get more from him, which inherently makes him more valuable. But he's not more valuable because of himself. He's more valuable because of the team they've already built.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't have as much stress on him.
1: Exactly. He's going to get a lot more pitches to hit because at the end of the day, you want to pitch to him or you want to pitch to Pete Alonso, Right. I'd rather pitch to Carlos Correa and take my chances. Now, I'll be totally honest, though. If it's the fucking eighth inning or ninth inning, I'm not pitching to Carlos Correa. That's one of the most clutch motherfuckers I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. So, you know, that's just
0: me. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm looking for it. And, of course, every one of my sites that I go to, they don't have that split. I thought that was a, a normal split. I mean – You'd think. Hmm. Oh, well, well, by the next episode, I'm sure we're going to be talking about him again and whatever antics he's got. Uh, I know I keep referring him to Deshaun Watson, and I don't mean because he's getting his butthole tickled. He's getting his back broke whenever he he did get in trouble for massages. So there is that. Um,
1: Pretty sure his wife broke his
0: rib, though, but, you know, whatever. Hey, pissed her off at the wrong time. Guys, what's up? Let me tell you about our guys over at Offsuit Cigar and Poker Lounge. 140 South Heights, Houston, Texas. If you're in Houston and you're looking for a good place to play, not a good place, a great place, go to our guys over at Offsuit Cigar and Poker Lounge. Great place to be at. Amazing staff. The food is fucking phenomenal. Just look at their menu online on their website. You're just going to want to go for the food. But while you're there playing, or while you're there eating food, Go ahead and jump on one of their cash games. They got 1 3, no limit, hold them games going. They got PLO PLO games going, a round of each, four tables, TVs everywhere, drinks, weight staff that will bring you just about anything. Zach ordered an old fashioned the other day. They ran out of some bourbon. They came back and created something just as good. They are creative, they will help you with anything that you need. Go check them out. Tell them your boys from 2 1 the athletes sent you, and you won't disappoint. We are going to be out there Super Bowl Sunday, so come join us. Have fun with us. Interact with us. Watch the game. Play some poker. Who knows? We'll see what happens What happens out there. Offsuit Cigar and Poker Lounge, 140 South Heights, Houston, Texas. Tell them you boys from 2 be Athletes Talk Sports sent you. In other news. Other news. Um, ow. Probably
1: everyone has heard about it by now. DeMar Hamlin, moment. heart stopped on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, without a pulse for nine minutes or something like that, like most dire of possible circumstances, something that we've talked about in a hypothetical, having a guy die on the field. We never thought it was actually going to happen.
0: Dude, I was texting you like crazy, like, oh, my God, we're about to witness somebody die on national television on the field. Yeah. Like, like- he, was, he was down for nine minutes. Uh, medical came. I don't know, shortly after he got there, they performed CPR on him for like two to five minutes or something, was able to get a heartbeat, um, got him carted off on the ambulance and off to a Cincinnati hospital nearby, uh, was on a breathing apparatus for a couple of days. And was it today they're reporting that they were able to remove the tube and he woke up and is showing, yeah, today he removed the tube
1: and he was able to like FaceTime his teammates and all that kind of stuff. And the crazy part is like everybody keeps saying, Why do we care about this game? This game means nothing. Why are people tweeting about it and all this kind of stuff? And like the first thing he asked was, Did we win?
0: Yeah. So and what's funny too is in, a, in an interview with uh, Josh Allen, uh, he said something along the lines of, You know, when he wakes up, the first thing or uh, DeMar's dad said the first thing that he's probably going to ask is if, did we win? And sure enough, he asked it.
1: Yeah. and I mean, that just shows you that he really cares about his teammates, really cares about the game. And, you know, obviously that's his number one priority and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I get it. I understand why he thinks that way, but like, it's, do it, you think it was weird for him to wake up and they were like, bro, like we didn't even play the game. Like, the whole world fucking stopped because, like, like when it happened, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, yeah. I played football, you know, seventh grade to high school, and I never thought that was even a possibility. Uh, I, I didn't know you could get hit. Not in, like I knew you could get hit in the head and it could hurt you. I knew you could break your neck. We've all seen, what is it, Brian's song or whatever. We've all seen all that where... No, you could know, be paralyzed. The Brian Piccolo thing, where he got paralyzed, we've all yep. seen that. We knew that was a possibility, but the coaches tell you, as long as you, you know, tackle with your head up, everything should be fine. Well, that's what he did. He tackled with his head up. T Higgins hit him square, and the the doctors saying it was like a one in a billion shot stopped his heart. Yep. I didn't even
0: know that was a thing. Like that's so crazy to me. So, and this is not to be insensitive in any form or fashion, but you know, when the concussion thing started getting really heavy, first thing NFL did was hire researchers and developers to start creating a better helmet to alleviate the chances of concussions, right? Well, now with this one in a million freak accident that happened, do you think they're going to change the thickness of the shoulder pads and the chest plates.
1: And stuff I, like I 100% believe that they are going to look into the safety of shoulder pads. Like granted. Yeah, it was one guy. Right. Right. I understand. But because of how catastrophic the injury was, I guarantee you right now, they've already started research. Not maybe not the NFL themselves, right, but manufacturers of shoulder pad companies have probably already started investigating how to protect this, how to prevent this. Because we all know quarterbacks like to wear smaller pads because they want their arms to be able to move so they can throw. Safeties like to wear smaller pads because they like to not have the the resistance against them so they can run faster. Same thing Mm -hmm. with wide receivers. Running backs like to be bulked up because they want to make sure that they have the protection from getting hit, all that kind of stuff. So, it's possible that a rule change comes in where they have to wear larger pads, and then the pads are going to have to become stronger and like cushion the blow better. Because this season, in the preseason, they were wearing those halo things on their helmets. Yep. Right. To prevent more concussions. And you say, are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? Well, they changed the damn rules on kickoffs so they wouldn't have like wedge busters and all that kind of stuff because they were trying to cut back on concussions yep. and it's worked successfully. So yeah, 100%. I think that those are already in the works. I don't know exactly what rule change
0: you could make. I don't I like, think there's I, a rule change because he, he did the tackling. Uh, I mean, Again, it was a freak accident. It's right. not like T. Higgins was aiming for his breast
1: No, but that's what I was going to say. I think now they're going to rethink the idea of we need to be aiming at people's chests. Right. Right? Because, I mean, yeah, I don't want anybody hitting anybody in the head, but
0: maybe getting hit in the chest ain't as fucking safe as they thought. You know what I mean? Again, at the end of the day, though, we, we have to remember as fans, and they re- have to remember as players, and a lot of them have come out and said it, this is a physical violence sport, right? You know what you sign up for, you're taking the risk. So, I mean, you have to do everything in your power to protect yourself at the best of your ability, right? The player on the other side of the line is probably thinking the same for themselves and they're not thinking about you, right? So you've just got to, I mean, it sucks it happens, right? And yeah, something like this needs to be talked about because it did happen, but also you have to remember in the history of football, at all levels that I know of, this is the first time we've ever had this incident happen, right? So, yeah, I've
1: never heard of anything happening like this at all.
0: Truly happy to hear that the kid is recovering. Um, it was a very scary moment, especially to watch it on national television. Um, I, I did see something, some people, conspiracy theorists, theorists think that, cincinnati this the stadium is to blame for it because they've had some serious injuries that have happened there in the past
1: yeah i don't buy it i think it's just bad juju i right. don't really think there's anything with the field i mean the same like the same
0: thing was said whenever mm-hmm. alex smith got his leg snapped almost the exact same
1: yeah almost the exact same, same spot Spot
0: as a who's the previous walker with the same exact injury
1: joe joe right. like uh, so, joe theisman yes um so. Same injury, almost same spot on the field, but same stadium, yeah.
0: On the same topic of it, because of the injury, uh, there were rumors that the NFL were telling the guys after the teams went to the locker room they were going to go back out for warm-ups for five minutes, and apparently the coaches and the players were fighting it, saying, no, we're more worried about our teammate than we are about the game. And the Bengals were saying the same thing. We're more worried about the player than the game. So the NFL went ahead and called the game, uh, no contest, I believe, or they were... Yeah,
1: they're they're basically just ruling it. Uh, it's not a tie, and it's not a loss, and it's not a win. It's just a negated game.
0: Right, and I'm sure it's still on the table to where it could happen, but I think with us so close to the po- the playoffs, I don't see it happening. Um, I don't think a win or a loss for either team would have affected their seeds uh, tremendously. Well, so,
1: yes there oh, well. are some playoff implications. So because of the game being nullified, they will have a higher, they could have uh, less wins or the same amount of wins, but a higher winning percentage. And so okay. therefore they would be the higher seat. So right now, scenario one is this weekend, Buffalo and Kansas city, both win or both tie. Right. And then, uh a Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Okay. Which is not fair, but that's scenario one. Scenario two: Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, right? Then a Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would also be at a neutral site. Or uh, <clears throat> Buffalo and Kansas city, both lose Cincinnati wins a Buffalo or, or Cincinnati versus Kansas city championship game would be at a neutral site. I don't understand that at all, but then on top of that, it says if Baltimore wins this weekend and they beat the Cincinnati Bengals, they will have defeated a division opponent, uh, but twice, but will not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati will have a higher winning percentage for a 16 game schedule than Baltimore will for a 17 game schedule.
0: See, this yeah, is, I, I don't think that's fair. This is one of the things about the NFL. Like I just like, come on, dude, let's, let's, let's use some logic whenever it comes to these wins and losses. Right. Um, if why, what's the importance of keeping a division record,
1: if it's not going to
0: be implied, right?
1: I mean, if you have a better winning percentage, then technically you don't go to that tiebreaker. That's the way the rules are written. Right. It's the same thing with this. If Buffalo, uh, if they finish 13-3 and and Kansas City loses this weekend, they finish 13-4, and Buffalo would be the higher seed because Kansas City has a lower winning percentage. Wow. Isn't that insane? It's like, so- hey, you won
0: 13 games, <clears throat> you're the second seed. Sorry, bro. Well, with the game being stopped, uh, fantasy pl- fantasy owners are were livid, as well as sports bettors. Um, one of my leagues, I do have Josh Allen and uh, Jamar Chase on the same team. And, I mean – Shout out to my opponent, Casey. No hard feelings, but I was already destroying him. Um, <laughs> so me winning or having those two players play would have just destroyed them. And then my other league, I have Josh Allen, but I'm not in any chance of a championship, so it didn't matter to me. But there are some people that, like, you're you're a fantasy uh, football owner. Let's just say your championship teams that are in the finals right now one has Joe Burrow and or Josh Allen and or pick your player, right? Whatever,
1: right? Basically, the offense. I mean, I have Stephon Diggs, but how, you know, how all playoffs you pl- are already over. So, how
0: do you handle that? As and let's just say it's like a one point game for the championship prior to or prior to the game starting, and then that the game's thrown out well, you have players that didn't get to play and that could have gotten them the championship. I
1: mean, I think it would depend on how close it was. Um, and it's it's very hard to come up with a solution. Um, this is one reason why I make sure that my championship rounds don't go into the final week of the season. Because I think so much can happen where, you know, like this happens or a team clinches and they don't play their star players week 18 or week 17 or whatever, like we saw the Colts that one year when they were undefeated, they didn't have to play anybody. So Peyton right. Manning didn't play. Fantasy owners across the world were pissed because that was their Super Bowl. They didn't even play in the game. Yep. So um, I think what I would do was I would talk to the two guys. I would have a conversation and be like, look, either we can take an average of what that person has done throughout the regular season, Or if they had played that team before, we would just copy his stats from the game before to this game, right? Whether it was good or bad. What The problem with those is that everyone knows how they've done before. Correct. Right. Or you could have this other option where, well, then what we'll do is we will take his score from week 18 and put it into week 17 and whatever that ends up being, that's what it is right now. If the guy who had Josh Allen or, Joe Burrow or whatever was already winning by a substantial amount, then it doesn't matter. That guy's Mm -hmm. a champion final score counts. Correct. But if that guy was within, I would say for Joe Burrow or Josh Allen, depending on your league, I would say whatever the average score is for like a top five quarterback, because that's basically what they are. Yeah. Whatever that average score is for the entire season. If that, it puts it in the realm of possibilities to still win the game then I would say you have to add the points from week 18 into that game. But if it's you're up by 95 and Josh Allen or Joe Burrow is the only guy that the other person has left, sorry, you just lost. That's just all there is to it.
0: See, I would put it to where if it was within a 10-point difference, I'm not going to scores, previous scores, averages. We're going to Waffle House. We're doing a last-man-standing challenge. We're going to see who can last the longest in – side a waffle house now waffle houses i don't know if y'all keep seeing the videos that keep popping up left and right but they are turning into a wwe royal rumble with staff members and customers and customers and staff members and staff members against members. i mean shit i just saw one where a chick threw a chair at one of the chicks at work there and she grabbed it and moved it out the way like she was fucking a jedi master and moved it out the way and she's like come at me um so yeah you you and your opponent she the makes chi- some mean
1: oatmeal ch- just throwing it out there
0: just seeing who can last the longest starting at two. I disagree with that
1: only because the whole point
0: of fantasy football is
1: your ability to draft and select the appropriate players and make the appropriate trades. Because like what if Kobayashi was in your league, Mm -hmm. right? And it's you versus Kobayashi, At Waffle House. And if he's able to down more waffles and get out of there, like, how is that fair?
0: No, 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 no. See, it's not about the consumption. If you're going to do consumption... Oh,
1: I thought you had to do 24 hours, last man
0: standing. No, it's last man to leave Waffle House. Like, Okay,
1: what if you're playing a guy who's unemployed?
0: Well, I guess he's He's not. He's going to get hungry.
1: I'm not buying him food. Right, well, I mean, I would assume he has friends or he has money. And he doesn't have anywhere to be, like, most people do fantasy football because that's their only escape. They've got kids and daycare and jobs and wives and all that bullshit. And they
0: don't have the time to just sit at a Waffle House and circle jerk with everybody. Hey, boss. Look, man. Um, I got some money riding on the line. I'm not coming to work. I'm stuck at a Waffle The only way that line, excuse
1: is working is if I'm your boss or you're their boss. That's the only way that's going to work. We would I'm completely saying, understand that.
0: I, I, I think bringing up the points out of it is going to to be a problem one side or another you're going to have some type of argument because let's just say you're, you your team has uh joe burrow and i have jamar chase well what's not to say jamar chase doesn't go off and pull mike evans like this past week and get well right points, and right? that's what i'm
1: saying like i would i would have to look at what their highest possible performance was or find you know where they are in fantasy football points prior to this week, right? Like if like Jamar Chase, if he was like the number three wide receiver, then I would take the number two wide receiver and the number four wide receiver, average their points together for the season and then give him
0: that score for that week. Or you just take whoever the number three wide receiver was for the entire season or each week, the number three score. Okay, I mean, yeah, either way, like, find some way to take a fair average. Because
1: it's one thing, like, if if the game was canceled, mm -hmm. these guys would have had to swap in players. Or that could be another thing. Okay, well, who's on your bench? Who would you have started if that guy was out? Okay. Right? And now, to me, because they're backups, if that gets you within 15 points, then I think you should win. Right? But that's a whole other – I'm glad – That our league is complete, and I don't have to put up with that bullshit. I Uh can only
0: imagine the drama that would cause in our fucking dynasty league. Let us know what you think. Would you have done Zach's method of point manipulation, or would you take the Waffle House Battle Royale of cheese?
1: I want to know who out there would just say, hey, that's the way the
0: game is played. You got fucked. Sorry. No one. No one. No one. You think no one would say that? No. Because... As long as I've played fantasy football, and people I have talked to that are outside our league and the other league I'm in, they are just as passionate for fantasy football. They dive into all the cheat sheets. They dive into the YouTube videos. They're I'm, I'm with you, but I've heard they're so the idiots many people. that buy the magazines off the rack that are still there that say, "Oh, you want to win your fantasy league? Buy right, this magazine." Yeah. Right? Those people. Every single person that plays fantasy football is on that at some level of that. So no there's not one oh good job sir yes sir good job very good yeah good game no
1: best man one single league
0: if it is they're not true football fans
1: i mean i've never i haven't heard anyone say "Eh, luck of the draw that's what happens yeah i I haven't heard anybody say that well
0: Well, the next time that you're at a waffle house and you're getting a chair thrown at you while you're trying to scissor your cousin um Ooh. tell
1: them about
0: two wannabe athletes talk
1: sports i wasn't going to go to the waffle house i was going to say you know the next time you're at the uh magazine stand and you're trying to see the titties through the plastic
0: tell the pervert guy next to you about two wannabe athletes talk sports side note i'm gonna put out a, a a challenge all those of y'all who are listening to this If you walk into any convenience store, don't go into your 24-7 adult video store. If you go into any convenience store and you still see that they have nudie magazines with the plastic covers on them, take a picture of it, post it on our Facebook page. We're going to work something out for you, okay? Because I think that's about as rare as seeing a phone booth. Really? Oh, yeah. I see that shit all the time. You see nudie magazines all the time. With plastic on them, yeah. In stores yeah all right well you're not allowed to be in this contest okay Oh. i'm I'm trying to think well wait
1: a minute where's the last time i saw a magazine stand exactly oh i see it all the time i do but i
0: just don't remember where it's not at walmart (laughs) (laughs) guys as always thank you for joining us for another episode of two B athletes talk sports i'm ed i'm zach and we'll see you next time assholes always
1: a goat